0: Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Songs That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs Pearl Jam, Jay Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Cherry, And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Elite co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle. Music. Video game. Soccer, apparently. This yeah. We'll make you know, an interlude. It's the live. The White Lotus. It's live. Our producer, Stefan, is hes holding his phone in front of his face. I'm not sure yeah. why. Why is he doing that? Why is
2: he Well, you know, like they don't pay me to record myself, so you know <laughs> I'm making it work. You know what I mean? I'm, I get paid to record you guys, so this is my makeshift <laughs> mic, by the way. You know what I mean? I'm trying to look as professional as you guys, so this is my impression. <laughs> I don't know if it's working or not.
3: Uh, Safan just was asking me off mic. Which is, I mean, like, which is really, I'm only telling you because I want you to know that this isn't just an albatross. This is just me forcing, like, soccer into the conversation. It was actually asked. I was asked about this, okay? What did you say, Stefan?
2: I I said, (laughs) Friday afternoon, I caught myself just, I was like, oh, yeah, it's World Cup on today. Let me just flip to the channel. So I get in, second half. I'm watching the game. like, okay, Argentina's about to run away with this. I get caught up. The Netherlands, the Dutch guys, they score the first goal. It's getting rowdy. The Argentina guys, they try to fight them on the sideline. One guy kicks the ball into all the bench guys. It was was, was was was, crazy. But I have to talk about the through pass on the free kick. I don't think I've ever even seen that before. For the game, for the game time goal, that was that was so beautiful, bro. Like it was like that was like art. Like I was like, damn. If if I wasn't that, if I was never a soccer fan, that would make me a soccer fan. Watching that play right there, that that was beautiful.
3: Like it was, that was. Honestly, I can't believe like that with with several other beautiful plays in the game, it's funny that you would choose one of the dark magic plays that the, the Netherlands <laughs> it was just like this was I was like it was the, the narrative of the Argentina Netherlands game was that of uh, momentary flashes of brilliance eventually succeeding over game planning and dark magic. That's, like, basically what happened. So, yes, like, Argentina kind of, uh like, jumped out to a lead, but they, like, in the tournament have been struggling to, like, protect those leads. They've, you know, kind of been shaky at the back. They really looked like they could be got at. So, like... There's also these moments of anticipation where it's like the 70th minute and you can, like, the crowd has stopped singing, you know? And, like, it's sort of, like, everybody's sort of holding their breath because they know that, like, ah, we're no longer playing as well as we were. We didn't capitalize on it when we had the chance, so now we have to protect our one-goal lead. They didn't do that. Uh, Like, and the frustration was boiling over because they had, like, the Paredes thing where he just... the, The play that you're talking about, Gonzalo Paredes tackles like like lunges at Nathan Ake off the like and slide tackles takes the ball off of him and then rifles the ball into the Argent- into the Netherlands bench <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was, they it, come, and they were about to fight. Yeah, it Justin, was like Justin. I don't know if you you ever I, see I, like I watch it they were They came off the sidelines. It, it it got rowdy for a few minutes there. So I'm like, oh, this shit turned up. Like I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm on the edge of my seat, going crazy right
3: now. And then it went to like when it went to PKs. Eventually, like there was, there's been this sort of humdrum in. like, I don't know, world soccer media over the conduct of the Argentina players after they eventually won the the PK shootout. Because they celebrated right in the Netherlands players' faces. Like, and they almost got it popping again after the full whistle. Like, and they were like, like, there's an interview where Messi's like, you know, he walks over and he's like getting his man of the match award from like one of the like ITV presenters or something. And he's and he starts yelling in Spanish down the tunnel at Wout Weghorst, like, you know, hey, go the fuck back over there, dummy. Like, it's like, this is... <laughs> he's just like... And then he goes back to giving the interview. Like, it's it's so hilarious. Like, but they were... The Netherlands players had basically... The rules are that you can't follow the opposing penalty kick, penalty kick takers out of the halfway circle. And there was top-down footage of, like, three or four Netherlands players every time an Argentine player would pick up the ball and start walking to put it down the PK spot, they'd follow them halfway down the field like you know saying yeah, shit to, to them
2: try to cycle about trying yeah. to do the, uh, the the LeBron Gilbert yeah. Arenas thing where right? he's like don't fuck this up so <laughs> like
3: Lautaro Martinez scored the final PK and Messi like you know runs like straight to him starts pointing at him and like Nicholas Odomendi runs over in front of the Netherlands players and starts waving bye bye to him it's so ridiculous
2: <laughs> shout out to Messi by the way who makes soccer Look too easy, bro. It, 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 I had like, my girlfriend want
3: turn next to like she turned to me after that first goal, like because he's he's cutting us, he's cutting shapes across the Netherlands, the Netherlands midfield, and like it's only catch you can only catch him on the super slow mo. He spies like um, uh, Molina like out of like the corner of his eye and plays that through ball like back across the defense. No, like it's like nobody could have even seen that except for him, and it was so against the run of play that my girlfriend turns to me and she says, "Can he do that? (laughs) Like, is that fair? Does that count?" (laughs) Yes, they all count.
2: Such a boss man, but. The World Cup, man, it's amazing. I'll be locked in uh, tomorrow. We got some more matches coming on tomorrow. I'll be locked in. I'm, 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 I'm in it, man. I'm in. I'm in. You got the footies. They, they got me. i I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm locked in. I don't know if I'm waking up to watch Premier League yet. I don't know if I'm that far, but. I'm like, I, I like it, man. If they played at 2 o'clock yeah, every day, a, I would be a bigger fan. Yeah, for sure. Waking up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. I woke up to watch the USA play and they got whopped by uh, the Netherlands. Speaking of the Netherlands. No, I woke up at like, like 9 you, o'clock you, to watch you, them play and I was like, this is a waste of my time. You're underrating
3: sleep. having your day ruined before 10
2: a.m., you know? Yeah, no, nah, I don't like that, man. I already cheer for enough, like, Misery in my other sports. I can't take one more. Like uh, I need, I need some kind of silence, man
0: I actually, for one spot that I'm, I'm like missing out, right? Like so much of sports culture. Yes, I know we we at the ringer right now, right? But so much of sports culture, like I'm like, nah, nah, y'all, y'all, you know, I'm good, right? You got it, y'all. Y'all say it's like I spent the weekend like over overspending on literary fiction. I could have been watching fucking and fighting. Like, sounds um, <laughs> um, um, crazy.
3: Yeah, uh to that end the the fucking part of this was the White Lotus finale. Had <laughs> <laughs> you like yes. that. Tr- 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 this, you tr- know, transitions. Tr- tr- Z- Transitions.com the album, nigga. <laughs> anyway, the white yeah, tr- like it's, <laughs>
0: it's
3: the rock. Um White Lotus finale, uh season 2. This 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 past weekend I wanted to talk about it With, with Charity But we, we We have We have We have The sixth man of the year Stefan coming off For the bench <laughs> yeah, To talk to me about I'm, this I, Again like I mentioned super before I'm, Ronaldo I'm like oh out man, on it
0: baby. I haven't sum. caught up on it No see Don't denigrate do
3: yourself that way Ronaldo is no longer <laughs> a super suck Ronaldo is 37 years old but we are but, but 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 we are talking about the White Lotus finale, which was in a word what, Stefan? I know this is kind of putting
2: you um, on the spot. Chaos. Chaotic <laughs> is the word we're looking for. This is the if people ask you what White Lotus is, I say them white people is crazy. Like that'd be the hashtag them white people is crazy if I Thanks. was to explain white lotus. Best way.
3: It is a show about like, sure. Like, the 1% of the 1% may be the characters, but it's a show about white people never chilling. That is definitely the gist. Um, yes. The, like, the first season, um, I guess, was more or less about commitment, maybe trust. And the second season, I think, is about uh, sex, power, and control. If you were being paid to teach a course, on the second season of White Lotus, which, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's a thing that happens. For,
2: I hope no one is getting paid to do
0: Well, it, no, probably. hold on. First of all, because the way media is talking about White Lotus right now, I expect five New York writers to have book deals by the end of this year. Uh,
3: like, I, yeah.
0: Can you set this show up like a little bit more for me? I know we so talked I, about it a bit. But, like... like where are we Ooh, at?
3: Where are we yeah, at? Yeah, maybe maybe Stefan is better to, like, actually place this in the constellation of TV shows that are... But, yeah. like, because I, like, for me, it's just, like, again, like, I repeat what I said the last time that we talked about this on this podcast is that I cannot describe to you how many non-choices went into me, like, watching this show.
2: Um, so... All right, I could say this, right? So I'll, I'll use this as an example of something we all watch. So you know how we, like, love Succession, right? Succession yeah, exactly. is the story of these rich billionaires who just, like, do rich people shit. The White Lotus is, like, they're rich people who are, like, fake into themselves and, like, kind of have a conscience of what's going on, but, like, still do the bad shit that millionaires and billionaires do well, are for these no new, reason. Are these new money whites or old money whites? It's a combination of both, honestly. That, so right. it's look, you have some people who are like, they've been outside for a long time. And yeah. then like, are they inherited a lot of money from okay. the old money? Like, and then you have like fresh billionaires, like techie bros and, you know, stuff like that. So it's a good combination of all of that.
3: So, and, Stip, yeah, Stiffer's mom, Stiffer's mom. Uh,
2: <laughs>
3: sorry, Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer mom, man. actually... Um, I don't know that they ever tell you where her source of money comes from. Despite her being like one of the richer people on the show, she always shows up with like six suitcases. So they briefly
2: she- got into it, uh, because her assistant told Albie, who was uh, another one of these rich white kids, he told she told him like you know, her dad died and passed along all of this money, but like her dad was like you know. Like, he, they had, like, such a strange relationship, so she got the money out of guilt. Like, mm-hmm. her dad was, like, inappropriately touching her, and, like, they had, like, a very, very bad relationship. So in his way, his karma of, like, cleaning all of his messes up, he left her with, I don't know, like, billions of dollars, and, like, she just is living her life as this super rich lady that just walks around vacations. This is why she has made it from season one to season two. The first season was in Hawaii, right, Micah? Yeah, she's a and, platinum
3: member at the White Lotus. Yeah. At the White Lotus. So she yeah.
2: started off in White Lotus one in Hawaii and now she's in uh Italy now. So she just takes she just goes on vacation and lives her life. She found her husband on the first season. This guy who was like dying of like some serious disease, and like she's like, I have a whole bunch of money, like I can get you anything you want. I've experienced everything. Yeah, like, have. he had like he's really
3: like, like way late, late. It's getting late early for for this guy <laughs> and his and his emphysema. Yeah, like it's it's very.
2: Uh, yeah, he went, he went on vacation because he thought he was dying, soon. and he's like, she's like, oh well, we could just. Live forever and do whatever you want. Like, I just want to be with you. And she's
3: it's like, Yeah, okay. I, like it's, I, it is. She's the connective tissue in what would otherwise be an anthology series. And her thing is just this endless, klutzy, dire, desperate, comical search for connection wherever yes. she can find it. And then the first season, it's with, um, uh a massage therapist um who
2: is We'll call a, Kelly from Insecure right. I don't forget her like name like try, yeah, trying trying to get Insecure.
3: like Kelly from like trying to get her um like wellness center off of the ground and like you know and there and and then eventually she finds this 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 husband who is going to die of emphysema at any moment and She's just like, let's get married. And in this new season, she meets this wonderful, generous, colorful band of high society gays that take her out on yachts and to and to and to opera, you know, shows and they dine on yacht decks and it's just like this whole like really decadent lifestyle, like whatever lifestyle that Equinox sells on their billboards, like these uh, people are like living it.
0: Yeah. You know, I used to be in the Equinox so you know and so now I'm connecting with it. OK, I got you.
3: At the time when like all of the marketing was like halfway in between being like gym and cologne <laughs> like
0: yeah it, it was no, like, that's it. it yeah it's, it's like it's, you, you felt like you were in a Sephora where you were at Equinox for some reason yeah, I, I yeah like it's like people diving
3: in the pool with all their clothes on and then getting out and eating peeled grapes and at the end everyone laughs and drinks a sherry this is basically the life that she was leading in the second season um uh so yeah like it is just sort of I'm glad that you said succession because that kind of like the the quality that we were describing in season three where succession was beginning to like eat its own tail and become more of like um, i guess just become funnier than it than it was insightful, uh yeah, yeah like sort of like playing directly for the no context succession twitter page i think is what we called it yeah. like yeah like this this show is just like what if there was no serious premise what if there was what if this was just like a closed door who done it among some of the worst people you know next to the dumbest people you know and it was all comedy
2: yeah um, Can we talk about Albie? Let, 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 I just need to get off. Out. <laughs> we need to get some bars off. Albie, Justin, Albie is Christopher wow. Voltsasanti. <laughs> s- looked all him dead in his oh. eyes. No, no, like that's
3: sorry. I no, I, I don't want to mislead you, Charity. Christopher Voltsasanti oh, okay. is Albie's dad, but he oh, looked daddy. Albie okay. in the okay. eyes in this latest episode and says, "Son, how are you gonna make it in life if
2: you're such a mark?" <laughs> 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 but wait. He's not wrong. His son then went on to blackmail him for $50,000 and told him in exchange which actually accounts to 52000 American dollars. I did the math mm, last night. I me. said, there's no the dollar way is wrong. I could talk to my dad and ask him for $50,000 or anything. Not even in Jamaica, buddy. And I wouldn't even ask my dad for $50,000 in Jamaica, buddy. Not <laughs> that's ask. that's another story for me. Demand. It's <laughs> like, it was like he, put, he took his sunglasses off
3: and put them down on the table.
2: <laughs> you know but what I'm wait. saying? he's asking for this, Justin, to give to a hooker he just met. This week, by the way, what's who the was problem? sleeping with his dad oh, three days? I don't see the problem. Right no, he just fell. In, he fell in love with a hooker. Sex one worker. night. Yeah, then, but like, like it three is, nights later, he felt bad. He was like, "I want to free her. I want to make sure she I gets so home." Oh, only there
0: was a, a rap artist who who this beautiful sex the worker. Of such an arrangement. And and <laughs> no, her he's cloud worth blue the trick. heels.
3: Yeah, there's. It's literally there's. I like. It was. This kid just has stars in his eyes and his shirt tucked in all the way around the whole show. It just was not like a He
2: is green. His shirt is actually tucked Mm. in his underwear. That's how green he is. Like he doesn't know what he's doing.
3: Like, I think it is also like illustrative of like the sensibility of the show that Towards the end, when he is getting like finessed on the way out the door, she turns around to like look at him, and it's like a furtive glance. Like you see, like it's like a point, like where you as a viewer are meant to draw your own conclusions from these small vignettes that you get. Like they, it's a show that like does well enough around all the dumb things at showing and hiding the knife with purpose. Like okay. Um, so, like, yeah, like, yes, she did finesse him for 52, <laughs> 50 to 50, large, thousand for 50 large. She finessed him for 50 large. Sweet. But she might have liked him though, you know? And did she or was she a, doing like, her
2: job? Exactly. That's yes, like going yes, to the strip was. club and telling you yes, and say, she yo, was they doing her job.
3: Me. She absolutely was doing her job. But like, the show wants us to have this conversation. And I like that it's like, very subtle and the way that it forces those sorts of like, you know, that, that amount of ambiguity. Um, which I think is probably like has to do with its popularity, like not necessarily because any of the stories by themselves are so interesting. They're actually Mm -hmm. really mundane. Um, like a like a rich kid getting finesse for fifty large and the coast of Italy on his summer vacation with his estranged dad. Not that his like, grandpa,
2: who is the goat, by the way, grandpa yeah. is a legend. Like, and way. it's just
3: like I and you know like all right, cool, whatever. It's there's just very like the stakes are not that that high because like who cares what happens to these people? <laughs> it's Yo, really what it's like. Who cares? Um, you
0: know what? It, it's like, you don't remember, like, okay, the first time around, like, White Lotus season one, I guess the reason I'm behind on all the rest of the internet right now, right? It's like, I, I never knew what the hook was, right? I, I sort of didn't even know how to place White Lotus, right? Like, if we talk, if we drag the, the comparison with Succession a little further, it was sort of like immediate to me what the hook of Succession was. It was like, okay, uh, all these memes of Kendall looking derpy as shit. And something about the Murdochs and like a kind of metaphor was white Lotus. I was like, I don't know if I have a read on the genre of this the tone who like with the, the sort of like, I don't know. I, I didn't come into focus, but like like, now I feel like I'm missing out. Cause I'm seeing all of these just like images of Jennifer Coolidge looking lost.
3: Yeah. Like and- <laughs> it's really like, what if, what if like the knives out extended family went on vacation? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if Glass Onion wasn't being made, I haven't seen it, you know, but it is like in the similar ilk of people out in an exotic locale that's just remote enough that like, you know, it exposes the fact that they're equipped to do nothing. Yeah. But um, is it shit raunchy?
0: It's like, ra- it sounds raunchy. Yeah. Right? Like there's, okay, it's, it, yeah, yeah. it's
3: definitely, it's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's a sexy show. But yeah. like, but, you know, I, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's also just more. Um, it's it's just like more a show about people being kidnapped by their baser in, instincts, like. And Jennifer Coolidge is, is like standing in the middle of it being the like, sort of. I, it's almost like that she's almost a straight man just because like, it's like, she's really on vacation in a show where a dr- like she's on vacation where in a place where a drama is happening.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like,
3: and that she kind of like spins around and gets embroiled, but then spins off because she has this polyurethane force field around her where like tragedy just kind of slides off. yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of her main lines is like the only thing I haven't experienced in life is death. Like I, I've been to every place, I've seen everything, I've gotten everything. Death is the only thing that I was looking forward to. Like that's the only thing I'm looking forward to experience. And like, that's the way thing. that
3: you, they like they the way that they the showrunners give it to her is like also like very. Uh, it feels like, I think it's just like, it's it's a testament to how good the show is that like, I can say like, the the best thing I can say about the finale is that she goes in a very that character way, like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure.
3: And like that, it's like a real, <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's, it's the most clunky shit yeah, it's in the just world. It is such a it's such an unceremonious thud like that it's like exactly what the character deserves after like doing something <laughs> amazing. I was really cuz it was like I was watching it with two friends of mine and when she runs back to Uh, like there's basically like this, the, the situation is like people are like, she's also talks a lot about how she's not been able to trust. Like it's kind of her great tragedy that the people that are the most generous to her throughout the show end up betraying her as well. Um, like, but she's out on the boat with the gays and you know like everybody's drinking wine and like she's it's becoming more apparent what the plan is that she's going to die and she it's like she stands up and like grabs her the, the reins of her own fate or runs into the back of the the yacht and grabs like the bag that has the gun in it and locks herself in the room and Like the tracking shot is just of her face as she's coming out, just blasting the gun and not holding it correctly,
2: (laughs) busting it off. And I like when she ran when she
3: ran to the back when she ran she got up and ran from the table and grabbed the bag and went to the back of the room. Like they were just kind of like, "Oh my god, she made it!" And I was just like, "Nah, I feel like this is gonna be a trip to the finish line kind of (laughs) moment." And even though I called that, even though I called it. I was still surprised by how it played out because like the gunshots are going off and it doesn't look like her She's aim is good. Anything. yeah but like the other friend of mine is just kind of like, no, I think I hear bodies dropping. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, she really shot her way out of there and tripped at the finish line.
2: <laughs> Tried to jump oh. off the boat, but I knew it was over. I once I see she had on heels to try to jump off a yacht to a mini boat. I said, "Oh yeah, like this, I like this is not big
3: hand in the cookie jar." Like you know, all you got to do is let like it's like all you got to do is just jump directly into the water and then climb into the boat. She tried to jump straight for the boat and hit her head on the (laughs) railing and died.
2: One big clunk and it's over for her. She just floats back to the resort. Like her body just floating back into the resort and people find her. It was, it was, it was, was, that was how her story was supposed to end though, for sure.
0: Here's my question. Am I good going into season two and just skipping season one of White Lotus? Like, you know what I mean?
3: I would actually watch season one because I think it's a better season of television. Really? Okay.
2: You're on like you're the only person I've heard say this. I tried to argue with the other day because I said I like some of the characters on season one more than season two, but more people was like, no, season two is way better. Season two and is definitely
1: season
3: two is hotter. Season two is like the sexier choice. But like season one I think is a clear is like a, a is a more distilled version of what the show actually is. Okay. Um like and I mean like I don't know. Like this is also just with me having watched the finale of season 2 last night, you know. I, I don't, like I, this this could change, but I think it's also that I like how season 1 is organized around like the unraveling of the of the on-site manager. Um, I think I just like, there's just there's no performance as strong as that in this season. And that's why I don't like season two as much. Like season two has Quentin played by Tom Hollander, who was also like the new Commodore and like the s- second or third parts of the Caribbean movie. I can't remember which. Maybe it was the third one. But, like, he also, like, plays all these really strange characters and like, British television where he's just kind of, like, this strange chaotic, like, his hair is messed up and he's speaking in, like, strange cones type of thing. Like, and he has this very fun lilting performance in, like, the second season. He's, like, the head gay socialite. Um but it's just like, none of them are as good as our bond is in season one. And season one, and our bond is in every episode, like, just kind of losing the plot. Like, and it's so much fun. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, like, season two might have been, like, much more much here, and that they could be sexier because a lot of the characters were older and, like, or of, like, you know, of a certain age when they were dealing with teenagers dealing with the same sort of inter friend group subterfuge. But, like, the central performance, like, that the all of these different side plots have to be organ- around, organized around is just much stronger in season one, I think
0: okay all right i, I i'll take that to heart and i will start from the beginning i i hate to admit it i do think that i hate to admit it because i think that there's a kind of like white people be like this or stuff white people like type beat that people are on sometimes when they say this but it's like these white people are crazy is a good heuristic for television or, or movies even right where it's like that, 'Cause like Secession had the same thing. Like even back in the day, like Arrested Development, that's basically. Taudry White of the show. Dramas is like, like a great oh, OBX fucking Outer Banks is another one. I know they got the black yeah. dude. Right. Yeah. They got the black dude and his dad. But like otherwise, that show is like so full of like dog uh, Sarah. zero like, <laughs> uh... yeah, like uh and there's a, yeah, I don't know. It's like I I'm gonna give it a shot. Cause like this is like what, you know, usually I don't feel like I feel like being a contrarian, you know, riding my own wave. But like, I actually do feel bad that I'm missing out on with, again, like this show that in season two feels like it's devolved into some some bullshit in like a
2: good way. Um, Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. I do. I do think you're going to watch it and be like, oh my God, like this is so ridiculous. I feel like you're going to watch it for that reason. Like, it's not definitely ridiculous. probably
3: going to be much, a much quicker watch now that all the episodes are out. Like the sh- the seasons yeah. aren't long either.
2: Like, yeah, 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 it's like six, seven episodes. Yeah. I
0: also think that, that like by osmosis, I didn't get the idea that the show is kind of trashy. Like, is that a fair characterization? Like, if someone had told me... That, I've been watching, like, The Circle, the reality TV show for the past few years. I, 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 think it's what I mean? like, like, give me some trashy shit.
3: It's <laughs> not... It's not really trashy. It's okay, like okay. a group of people that are boring in their real lives that attempt to be trashy on vacation, if that makes uh, me my okay. meaning. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. sort of like, this is who I think I am, but the real mm. world tells you otherwise
1: <laughs> constantly. Yeah. yeah. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty. Feeling thirsty right now? How about going to visit a 7 Eleven valid through 1725? 7 Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax. Participating US stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State
2: Farm is there.
0: The secondary concern of this week in popular culture, are we ready to talk about it, Michael? Are we ready to talk about the Scissor album? Are, are you ready to talk about this album? No,
3: I, I like I have not my I myself personally given the Scissor album the fair shake as of yet. Why well, have bitch? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally, I I'm I'm confused by your sentiment. <laughs>
0: um. Yo, okay, I think that's can you? Well, okay, I I'll tell you what. I, as the person who has given the album a fair shake, I will I will say something, and then we will turn back to you. Right? Okay. I'm going to say, I'm hot on this album. I like this album a lot. I'm going to also add a caveat, right? <laughs> that, like, control, right? This is control. People are, like, one of the best, you know, R&B albums in the past several years, right? Um sort of like this gem, I don't even know I I don't remember people having super huge expectations for Control before it came out, and I think that's part of the magic of that album being what it is I know we've had multiple episodes of this podcast where we talk about Rihanna's anti, where I sort of do this whole thing where I reckon with the fact that yeah, I fucking hated anti for three years and then I changed my mind and we just gonna get over it, right? And I So I kind of, it breaks my heart to be like yeah, you know, Control is like Control always struck me as an album that's like, cool. It's cool. But all the times <laughs> I listen to it, right, it never really hit me. And the, the SZA narrative, so much as it exists, right, the kind of like, I don't know, she, she has a kind of savior type narrative. Or, and not savior, but she's kind of like a darling. We can definitely call SZA a critical darling. And like, yeah. It, you I know what think I,
3: mean? I I like I mean Savior, I get why you like sort of put your toe on that one first. It's like I think that maybe there was sort of the 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 murmurings of what is the state of R&B yeah, like women's yeah. R&B like a couple yeah. of years ago like is it sexy flexy or is it like you know soulful writing is it is it is it is it as if it can't yeah. be many things at once um but i think that as you know like kind of like R&B's five tool player You know, one of them is like supposed to be like SZA because she could do like sitting alone in your room songs. And also I'm going out to forget about my problems with my friend's songs and all the other things, all the other pockets that you're supposed to get into with Amazon be like she's capable of getting into all of them.
0: Yeah. Um, Yes. She's she's versatile. And I think you're right. I'm glad you I think you framed it better than I did, which is a lot of people hung a lot of state of r state of female RB, particular kind of analysis on control. And, and I don't know that that album, the album is both good, but also I don't know that the album is that dynamic that I really ever understood hanging those stakes on it. SOS, on the other hand, I feel like is, is like, I know I said a hundred times before we started recording. I'm a, I'm gonna dial it back and say I'm gonna say SOS is like ten times more dynamic than control. I think <laughs> dialing it back
3: to you say that I mean? it's ten times.
0: I think it's ten times. I just want to check dynamic. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's an order of magnitude, right? I'm dialing it back at order of magnitude to say that like I I do think like SOS is like ten times more dynamic. I think there's just a greater share of shit. Like, I think the fucking snooze through F2, like the Phoebe Bridgers song, F2F, like, there's a stretch. The middle stretch of SOS is just, like, it both goes and also, it, sh- it again, it's dynamic, but also cohesive. And I also just think that, like, in a way I never, f- I maybe felt in like, really, really specific brief spurts on control. I think SOS from beginning to end Just feels like she wrote the fuck out of the album. It feels like Mm. some Dorothy Parker shit. It feels like a collection of Dorothy Parker as is. Like she is just.
3: I would say that like in the in the rollout, like leading into this album, like it's definitely been some some of her best writing. Having like not been like really, you know, touched by the album as you have, because I Mm -hmm. haven't really you know sat with it. Good days was like one of the best like songs that she's ever written like coming into this so it would not surprise me that the writing is much better on this album
0: yeah she's just sharp she's just like she's just nasty and sharp and vindictive and romantic and disgusting like i don't know man she's just like it's it's kind of the the nastiness of like a prince album sometimes like not to be one of them you know, I don't know. Everything don't is take... Prince niggas, yeah. I know, Prince. yeah, and then one of those Frankos just Prince niggas. I know, it's just like they're just, there's so much like stank on this album and again, I think that's the what I mean with this contrast with Control, right? Like I didn't feel like there was really that much stank on Control This out al- is like stank all over SOS, dog and I, I'm i feeling it
3: Um, Did she threaten to quit music? At any point during this album
0: cycle, she she, <laughs> I don't remember. I actually don't. I I did she wait. I don't remember reading any of this shit. I I avoided. I think partly because like all the TDE rollouts after a point just became I, like, insufferable <laughs> to read about. So I just like, I mean like each them one Google of her News. albums
3: has had like a I just I'm really yeah. done with music attached yeah. to it. Um. Like, and I, and I mean, and I really, I know that sounded a kind of way when I asked it, but I really was asking that neutrally. Like, cause I really, I, I, uh, I don't know. There's not, there's just not like a sense of continuity with like, there's not often the sense of continuity, like with the music that she puts
0: out year on year. Okay. Well, elaborate a little bit by what you mean by continuity in this sense like what kind yeah. of continuity
3: like it's like there's a very like i like a like a very fried meme of I'm leaving this and this and this and this year and stepping into this <laughs> <Yeah>. new thing, <laughs>
0: yeah, type yeah.
3: of feel to the way that she approaches like. Even, like, live performances of, like, you can't find a really good, like, live performance of Normal Girl. It sounds different every single time. Like, there's, like, one on Jules Holland. The one on Jules Holland is probably the best live performance of that song. Either side of that performance is, like, not a listenable version live of Normal Girl. You know what I mean? So so there's so much of, like, her music is, like, which is probably why like SOS sounds as good as it does. Like so much of it feels as if it wouldn't have been possible at any other time. Um, Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I guess I'm I'm wondering like, is that what this album feels like? Like sort of like, you know what I'm doing this and I'm throwing it in somebody's face on the way out of the door, you know?
0: okay yeah okay now now i get now i'm circling back to i'm getting what you're putting down i think yeah it kind of does it does feel kind of like it is trying to leave something on a table maybe is another way of putting it too yeah because i don't know it's like i think part of it i listened to this album and it's like a decently it's a decently long album and i think by the time i got like three quarters of the way through it I thought back on like the fucking Taylor Swift album, right? Which I just, I just think like, look, I'm not going to sit here. And act like I'm the biggest Taylor Swift fan on earth, but like I'm receptive enough to pop music, right? In general that like, I've liked a good chunk of Taylor Swift stuff, right? Like I get it. Like, even if I'm not the target audience, I like to think that I can sensibly assess like what is going on with Taylor Swift this year when she got an album out. That album is trash, right? And I'm like, I'm listening to the SZA album and I'm just like, yeah, I get that they're in different lanes, right? Like Taylor Swift is like pure pop, you know, SZA is like an R&B artist. But like, I'm just listening to the stuff and to the risks and to the sort of the sort of um, playing a little bit outside of genre that SZA does on this album, right? And I'm just like, I, there's something about it that like put Taylor to shame, or like put my memories of listening to that Taylor album the first couple of times to shame. And it's like, again, I feel like I'm veering into this like Scissor Supremacy ter- territory. I don't need to compare every artist on earth to her, but it's just like there is a daring to this. I don't know. This is like there are bits of this album that feel like um, it's the closest r is going to get to making like a whole lot of red. I don't know. It's just like is. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like that kind of energy. It's yeah. that kind of energy. Um, like I, yeah, I. It's it's like you know. Sometimes you read a book that's just so good, but like an author you hadn't even really. It's not an author you're over familiar with. And you're just like, fuck, this book is so good that it's fucked up your ability to read other books in that genre. It's kind of like this, even though I know that that Taylor and SZA aren't in the same genre. It's like in a weird roundabout way, this is an album ruined, like the Taylor album for me. It probably fucked around and ruined the Beyonce album for me. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And I'm willing to say that all recorded, Mike, on a podcast. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know that the other albums sort of in the orbit of this album really compare to it. You know what I mean? Fair enough. My money's on this album. It's on SOS. That's how much I like this album. I think you should give it a shot uh, when you're well, in a when you're in a a different mood, some kind of mood.
3: Well, I think that you should give Paint the City, uh, Icewear, Bezos, Gangsta Girls mixtape, uh, come on, a, a now. you know I'm ready.
0: You know, you know I'm gonna do that.
3: You know, um, that. You know uh, I I think that I think that it will it will it will similarly. You know, I don't know. Like every time I listen to the Iceware Vesor project, I'm just kind of like, this is what rap is supposed to sound like. Right
0: yeah, yeah, I I yeah. I, I yeah. Icewear flow specifically is just like, come on, bro, like you can't just stick just fucking like a vector, just just unloading a clip. Um I'm with you. Okay. I haven't you're right, I haven't listened to Paid City yet. I'm excited to do something. um. But yeah, like uh
3: that is is all I got on the music front currently
0: okay Um, I we have like a few more episodes left this year one of them is going to have to be a best of uh, like some sort of we're going to have to do it in batches right we're going to do like it's funny because like we're doing other stuff at the ringer. It's like, what are the best video games this year? And it's like I, I went to Ben Limburg. I was like, look, man, I just looked over my Steam hours. It's like all the all the games I played this year came out between nineteen ninety-eight and two thousand twenty one. Uh <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's it might be a little patchy, <laughs> but it's two of us, right? Between the two of us, we could cobble together the best of a variety of things, including T V, music. Video games, anime. I don't even know because anime. I'm behind on everything except for the stuff I'm not behind on. I, <laughs> frankly, I've read like way more manga this year than I watched anime. Like, dog, don't don't look at my my credit card statement at, at Barnes and Noble right now because it's it's looking ugly. It's looking ugly, bro. I I I blew a lot of money. I oh, still, I did I spent sit r- and lost watch money on manga. the
3: entire. Like I, I got caught off on Blue Lock, you know.
0: Yo, so, talk to me about Blue Lock because I first I saw
3: it at Barnes and Noble.
2: Uh,
3: no, okay. So this is the this is the thing is I would not read the blue Mo- the Blue Lock manga. I just wouldn't do that at, like off of watching the show, like. This being, I can generally, I wouldn't read, like, haiku, either. either. Like, you know what mm, I mean? Like, no. it's fun for the vibe that it is. Yeah. But it's not, like, I, I also, like, the emotion of it is even more heightened than, than haiku, but, like, not in the same sort. Of, like, there's not, like, the softer edge to the side of it, where it's just, like, this is the good boys club together. We're supporting each other. Oh, okay. It like just recalls times of playing in like developmental program soccer, which is just always like it was just the weirdest time, man. Because it's just like everybody is the biggest kid on their patch, and you get like you spend weeks in a dorm together trying to play as a team, but also stand out as the most as you know like the most outstanding player, which creates weird in-house dynamics and weird on-field dynamics and like that's basically what the show is like about a fictionalization of like real world stuff like uh, where I mean like it's like Blue Lock the idea of taking like all the best soccer players of a certain age in the nation and putting them in a giant compound and forcing them to do like Hunger Games type shit to be like the top ranked player is not really that far off of like what actual football associations do. (laughs) Like, of course, like it's more so like, oh, we're going to like Germany crashing out of the Euros of the 2000s, where it's just kind of like, we're going to put a shit ton of money into like increasing our scouting network and beefing up the academies of like our biggest clubs so that we have like a funnel towards the national team so that we can win the next couple of big tournaments in a couple of in however many years time. Blue Lock is like another sort of harebrained scheme for Japan to create like the the best striker in the world so that they can win the World Cup. Um, and I guess it's like propulsive in that like I get a bit of a congratulatory thrill out of being like out of recognizing how things are like things that I went through as a player, or things that I can recognize are wrong in the way that the writers wrote the show about how soccer actually is, or any of the other things, but I wouldn't read it. You know, it's not like, uh, it's not that interesting. <laughs>
0: uh, it's also not consistent with like the other stuff i got into over the weekend i started reading two series like two like sexual psychological thrillers for grown-ass women um <laughs> the flowers the the flowers of evil uh, sorry the flowers of evil uh the like classic chuzo oshimi like I I don't even want to get into the premise of Flowers of Evil. It's some, it's some, it's some brutal high school shit. It's some, like, basically story about perversion. Compared to prison school. Shame and perversion. Uh, compared to prison school I, I I don't even know if I care right because there's no shame in prison school is the thing or like any shame just it's
3: just overtly horny like it's, like as right
0: that's prison school overtly horny I love it I honestly you know what you know what? I'm pissed off too because another thing I did this weekend I, I finally read the first volume of raw hero which is the other uh from the same dude who made prison school Man, fuck Raw here. Like that that premise sucks. Like, ah, that first volume is, is the worst first volume of anything I've read in a while. I did not like that setup at all. And I love prison school, right? But like Prison School overtly, excessively horny and shameless. Whereas like Flowers of Evil is a story. So if I've read the first, uh, the first like big chunky volume of it, is like about perversion and shame, but, like, real emphasis on the shame. Like, a dude just getting just cocked and bullied by this girl who's just, like, torturing him as he's sort of, like, interacting with his first pseudo-girlfriend. And it's just... This shit is brutal, dog. 20 pages into Flowers of Evil, and it's brutal. And then the other one I'm reading is um, Sensei's Pious Lie. Uh, which is another series. It's like I think it's wrapped. It's like it's basically sold in like four chunky omnibus volumes um, by Akane Terkai. and like that, I I I like a l- even more than Flowers of Evil, and that's like another that's set at a school, but the main character is a teacher at the school, and that similarly is like that similarly so far as a series about perversion and shame and, and victimization and trauma and so do you have any you uplifting know, ones for, for the kids? do kiddies? I? I don't think I do dog like what uplifting shit did I read I mean since it's pious lie flowers of evil didn't like raw hero uh I got nothing I'm sorry I got nothing <laughs> <You> <laughs> nothing, got nothing uplifting we've I only, we've only got that, scandalized teachers and shelf, students. <laughs>
3: nothing on that <laughs> shelf um, you know, we've got we've got scandalized teachers and students and anxious teenage boys attempting to do Lord of the Flies to soccer stardom. So that's that's, well, you know, that's what we got on the anime and manga front, right? You now. know what it
0: is? It's like I've been reading a lot about I don't know if you've ever read a lot about like fem cells, right? So like the female counterparts to incels, which are usually sort of we associate men with being incels mm-hmm. in incel communities, right? And it's like, dog. the The main character in Sensei's Pious Lie is like, it, it. She's not a straight up fem cell for reasons that sort of become like are, are actually very important, but that I don't really want to get into here because it is frankly very vulgar and violent, and it's a lot, a lot of shit is happening in this manga that I don't even want to say explicitly on this podcast. But like, her energy is this super fem cell, not feminist, but like fem cell, like the way she like talks about not men, but like boys at her school. It's just like there's like every character like a cool thing about Sensei's Pious Lies every character is just fucked up. Every character, it's like every single character in this thing like, lest you think you're going in to read like a think piece or some strident thing about like when I talk about trauma and stuff like that, it's like no. Every character in this is fucked up, is irredeemable, is like, it's just nuts and it's like the the alternative title for this series would be, like, Hurt People Hurt People, like, is what I would call Sensei's pious lie. And it's... Man, you gotta read this shit. But no, it's not uplifting. I don't have anything on the uplifting shelf. Um, You know, it's December. It's dark months. Oh. Well, all right. Um... <laughs>
3: If you manage to get your hands on Sensei's Spies, Fly, or, uh or, or uh, what was the other Flowers one? Flowers of Evil, yeah. Flowers, Flowers of, of Evil, you know. Email us, goddamn. Email Justin. Somebody needs to this yeah, show. It's like, it's, you know, probably talk to him about that. You want to talk about Blue Lock, I guess I could talk to you about it. But I mean, like, really, I'm going to just be like, that's not how that would go, you know, most mm. of the time.
0: <laughs> Yo, soccer ass, get out of here! Um, but,
3: but, 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 you know, it's still, it's not, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, a, it's fine. Um, more so, like, if you want to talk about Mob Psycho or Bleach, that's where I'm at with, with, with my anime watching.
0: The Mob Psycho hype is real, below um, cool but.
3: But yeah, also, if you just want to talk about the World Cup, and also, like, if you have questions that you would like us to answer on our mailbag or mailbag,
0: yes, mailbag questions, all of that sound only pod at gmail.com. Email us about whatever. We reserve the right, right to quote you unless you say don't quote, and then we won't quote you, but whatever. I'm Justin Charity, and I'm Micah Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. Thank you, Stefan, for talking World Cup White Lotus. We'll see y'all next week.